I'm not going to set the world record for pull-ups on day two. Like, okay. I'm going to get a little bit of work done on Monday. I'm going to try to eat good on Tuesday. And I'm going to get back in the gym and try and do this much more than I did. Not all of it. Just this much more. And I'm going to create a habit where whatever my schedule allows, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. I don't have to go crazy. I probably should not go crazy, but I'm going to create some habits. And that way, when, when, not if, when my motivation starts to wear a little thin, I'm still going to go. But I'm not going to rely on it to carry me forever because I guarantee you a day will come where you don't feel like going. I see my victory so clear. It's a kick. When it comes to being healthy and fit, clearly physical fitness is huge. But as we've said in the last few segments of the Refilled Podcast miniseries, mindset is essential for what the mind believes the body achieves. Well, we spent two segments diving into mindset, but now it's time to take that and literally lift the bar. Guys, I am so freaking excited for this episode because I am going to unveil behind the scenes who has been training me for the last six years as my coach designing all of my training programs. So if you've been following me on Instagram for any length of time, y'all probably get the notifications that, oh, Adam's live, Adam's live, he's probably at the gym recording his stuff. All my fitness is in my stories, but this is the story of the person that is behind it. I have met this person several times, he's a very dear friend, and I have tremendous respect for how just passionate he is about physical fitness, but more so not just for himself. He goes to conferences to learn things and apply them to himself, studying with the best trainers in the world to take those big concepts, he then implements them, and then he makes it super simple so that you can get the most effective workout with the limited time that you have. It is my distinct honor to introduce my coach, Luke Propes to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Welcome aboard, sir. Thank you, Adam. It's good talking with you again. Heck yeah, man. Normally, it's just uh, liking videos or sending DMs. <laughs> well, dude, I got another PR. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, so I I've been in coaching for several years, and I firmly believe that if you're looking to hire a coach, you have to have a coach who has a coach. And that just is, that's just common sense to me. People that sell things if they haven't bought into it, they're, they're not the real talk. So as a coach myself, I have a coach in every area of my life. I have a spiritual coach. I have a business coach. I have a speaking coach and I have a fitness coach specifically for designing programs that work for my lifestyle and help me reach my goals, which do change. I have goals that go from bodybuilding competitions to just being lean and increasing my strength. That's the beauty of having a coach that has experience and really is passionate about what he does. Uh, so I'm gonna pass the mic to this guy because as you'll see in this episode, he's extremely passionate about what he does. And I always like to share people's story of how they got to a place where they become so impassioned by an idea by a, behind a cause that it's led them to make that their life's purpose. Uh, so Master Luke, if you'd like to share uh, way back when you started in your physical fitness journey, what that looked like, and what brought you, just kind of giving us a, uh, a walkthrough from day one, from when you started, all the way up until today, and what you're doing to help your clients. Yeah, I can, uh, try. I'm, I'm getting older, I just had my 42nd birthday, so this could be a long story, I'll try and, <laughs> I'll try and keep it a little, a little down. Uh, basically, I started in high school. I was playing football and I did soccer and wrestling and track and stuff like that, but I was very small. I was, I was short. I was pretty skinny. You know, I was just a little kid. And when I went from the junior varsity, that season was over. And I went to talk to the head coach of the varsity team about playing the next year. You know, he looked at me down, you know, way down. And he said, do you want to play next year? And I said, yes, absolutely. You know, I had a lot of fun playing football. It was, it was a fun sport for me. So I wanted to keep going. And he goes, he just looks at me with his face. He's like, well, you better hit the gym and like walked away. Like that was it. I'm like, Oh, 
oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was that conversation, you know, it was a sentence, but that is what sparked it. I was like, all right, this is something that I need to do to get the other thing that I want. I didn't love working out or fitness or anything. I just knew I needed to do it to be able to do what I wanted to, which was, you know, play football and start and all that kind of stuff. So that was, that got the ball rolling. Uh, through the next couple of years of high school and then into college, I worked out four sports. Like I wanted to play, so I worked hard, but I started just liking working out. I, I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed the challenge of trying to get stronger. And I was, I was still pretty small, so I just wanted to get bigger. Like there is some ego involved in this. I'm not going to pretend that there's not. You know, it, I never got any taller, unfortunately, but I did get a little bigger. So it's helped in that regard. I don't know how to stretch myself any, but, but through college, I started helping out with the women's basketball team. And then just because of my own love of fitness and when we would travel, I would, I would go to the gym with the head coaches, you know, that was kind of like their thing too. And so they saw that I knew what I was talking about and that I was in the process of learning more. So they gave me some more responsibility with the sports teams about helping them with their training and I realized, wait, this is something I could do. Like, this is a job. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I didn't realize that, that was an avenue that I could go down. And my own growth as, as far as learning more, I kept trying to find ways to get stronger, different, different techniques, different places to study, different things to learn. So I started getting personal training certifications and strength coaching certifications and after college, I you know, became a personal trainer. I realized that there was more out there for me to learn while I was still lifting. And so I went and got my master's and, and studied exercise physiology. And during that time, the gym was always there. It was always, it was always a main focus for me in terms of this is an area where I can challenge myself to learn and grow and getting stronger was just something that I enjoyed. Like some people enjoy different things, run with it. This is one thing that I enjoyed. And so I was also passionate about learning more about it. And I think that's a big key. If you hate something, you're not gonna be real good at it because you're not, you're not having fun. There's no drive, there's no internal motivation to get better at it. Like I, I, I've done yoga, it's good for me. I should probably do more, but I don't love it. I'm never going to be a master at it. And, and I'm okay with that, even though I should do a little bit more because with all the heavy lifting, flexibility needs some more attention. So I have to balance the things I love the most with some things that I also know are good for me. You know, as I said, I'm getting older. Like I can't completely ignore my mobility or I'll be real strong and unable to move. That doesn't help. <laughs> right? So there has to be some balance there too in just what I like to do and also what I should do along with that to, to maintain what I'm, I'm trying to go for. So the end result is not there yet. I'm still working on getting stronger. I'm still working on learning more about not only helping myself, but helping other people. So the coaching aspect has taught me a lot because if I want you to get stronger, I better really understand what I'm doing. Right. So I can explain it to you in a simple, manageable way from experience too. I'm not good at teaching people how to run ultra marathons. Now I have enough science that I could get a basic understanding for you. I've done enough in school, but I've never run one. I can't tell you what it's going to feel like at mile 92. And for me personally, I like to stay with things. I have a scientific background and the experiential knowledge. I know what it's like to grind out a three rep max when your head wants to pop off. That I can feel. I can tell you about it. I can tell you how it feels. You know, those things I can, I can give you. But I, I, I'm not, I, don't, I can't give you those other things. And that's okay. You know, I stay in my lane where I'm passionate, but also where I have book knowledge and knowledge under the bar. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to continue to grow that. I'm trying to expand it, but I'm not trying to get into things I have no business being involved in. Yeah. Like that's just, that's who I am. I'm not good over there. So I'm going to stay over here and try and get real good at it. 
you have the application and experience. And whenever you're talking with a client like myself, you are able to tell them like, oh, you're going to probably experience this. Or when they say like, hey, this happened, you're like, oh, exactly. Like, here's what you do to, to go through <laughs> that. And I think there's so much integrity in that. And I tell you guys listening or watching on YouTube all the time, your personal brand is all about integrity. Your personal brand is what people say about you after you've left the room. And Luke is one who takes, he learns, he goes and seeks out the best of the best. Then he applies it so that he can best relate and coach his clients. And I mean, having you as my coach for six years is just such a testament to how good you are in that process. And it works, by the way. Um, so Tuesday this week, so this is... Uh, Right now we're what October twenty no October. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get through. It feels like it. Quick. <laughs> August twenty second. So Tuesday I got uh, all time PR on deadlift three reps at four hundred and fifty five pounds. Lifetime drug free, perfect form, no issue. And that just doesn't happen. That's a process. And I think what you said about sharing your story with your journey is such a great example of that. Is you know, getting your passion and, and going through that. You started getting stronger through put, for football, but now as you age, that goal changed. You're shifting to, okay, I need to really look at my mobility because as my body's changing, I need to be realistic with my goals paired with what I enjoy and then create a plan to help me get there. And I think that was just so well said because you just, you just bleed integrity and I freaking <laughs> love it, man. So with you, with you saying all that, and you work a lot with not just guys, because you hear like weights, heavyweights, all oh, guys, two guys talking. No, no, no. <laughs> Luke actually works with a lot of women as well. And I know a lot of you ladies are listening to the podcast. Thank you. Give me a like and a share. <laughs> but I really want to debunk some myths because when you, when, if you're a lady listening to this and you're still going, you've probably been in the weight room and you might have friends or you have had your own limiting beliefs about if I lift weights, I'll turn into a man. Or I don't want to go and lift weights or free weights or bar because it's going to make me mannish or I'm going to get too big or I'm going to lose my feminine figure and things like that. And specific to pharmacy, whether you're a guy or a girl, you might be thinking, oh, that sounds nice. Must be good to have all that time. Must be great to, to blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of limiting beliefs. There's a lot of misconceptions and myths about physical fitness specific to the crazy life of a pharmacist, pharmacy student, or healthcare provider. So Luke, you've coached the fit pharmacist for six years, as well as many other healthcare professionals. So clearly he has context about being realistic. But I'm going to throw out, Luke, one of the most common uh, things or uh, mental barriers that are getting in the way of people working a exercise plan. And we're going to get to that point in a minute. But I want to start with the big one. People coming to you because you've had so many clients you've been coaching for decades, right? So tell me, tell me about this. I, I want to get fit, Luke, but I don't have time. How do you respond to that? How do you break that down? Well, what is your goal, right? So you have to start there. When you say fit, that's a that's really broad. I don't know what that means. Are you getting ready for the Olympics in two years? <laughs> well, because that's getting fit. I mean, you're going to be real fit. Are you trying to reduce your risk of all-cause mortality? Because that's also getting fit. And those two things, that's a broad spectrum, right? Like, what is your goal? How much time do you have? Not how much time do you have floating around free? Because that's a totally different thing. We're always busy. I could fill up a lot of time just with my phone. But that doesn't mean I don't have time. It means I'm wasting a bunch. So if I am really crunched, and some people are, like some people are crunched. I've worked with med students. I've worked with you. And I've worked with you where you've given me more time to program and also where you've given me less time to work with. Same you, same me, very different parameters that we started with. So if you're legitimately time crunched, I can whoop your rear end <laughs> in 20 minutes, three times a week, 
right? Like that works. We can make progress. I can get you stronger. We can add some muscle. We can get you in better shape to reduce your risk of dying early and improve your mental health. Like those are things that we have proven that we can do. We can do it with that amount of time. We can probably find 30 minutes, three times a week. Like I know you guys have crazy schedules, but I also know you do it, right? If you work, if you, (laughs) we got 24 hours a day, you sleep for eight, hopefully not everybody does that. Let's, let's just give you that benefit. You work for 12, right? Some people do more. Some people do less, but let's just say you do 12. You got four hours left. You can give me 20 to 30, three times a week. You can. Do you own Netflix? I got my 20 minutes back right there. That's it. That's all I need. Okay, like there is ways to get it done. I personally do not enjoy cardio. It's not my thing. But I also know, man, I'm getting older. I should do some so I don't die early. (laughs) I have a young daughter. I want to be around. I want to chase her around. So I bought myself a very cheap magnetic recumbent bicycle. I can sit on that bicycle and watch Netflix or watch my phone or listen to a podcast or, you know, Joe Rogan or some videos on how to learn how to do something. And I can get my heart health done while I'm doing something else. You got to study. You can pedal and study. I promise you because I've done it. There are ways to get things done, but you might need to be creative. You might need to mix two things. You want to go for a walk, put your headphones in and get some studying done. That can work too. We can find a way. I love it. We can find a little bit of time. Yes. You work with people with what their goals are, what they realistically have to work with. Yes. Because I've I've heard of so many pharmacists that get coaches and they get so frustrated because like they don't understand. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I told them I only had like realistically 30 minutes. And they told me like, oh, well, you need to make more time. You need to, you need to cut out some work hours, blah, blah, blah. It's not realistic. But you're like, okay, I trust you. You know your schedule better than I do. So let's look at what you have. Let's look at what a day looks like. And instead of you flipping your lifestyle into what my plan is, here's the principles and I'm going to fit them to your lifestyle so it doesn't feel like you're bending your back just to make this happen because that's not going to be realistic and not going to be able to be something that you can consistently adhere to. When you were getting ready for bodybuilding shows, how much time did we work out? Oh, I did a lot more. Absolutely. Right? You yep. did a lot more. Five, six days a week, a few hours. Yeah. But when things started picking up for you business-wise, what did you tell me? Yeah, so Luke, realistically, I, I need my workouts like three days a week in the gym for weights, hour and a half max. So guys, right. that's what I do. I do three days a week weights, hour and a half. That's it because that's what I realistically have. I can go longer. But then my business will suffer. Time with my clients will suffer. These, these episodes will suffer. And I don't want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm your coach. That means you are my boss. Now, my job is to tell you what to do. But that doesn't mean I tell you what your schedule looks like and how much time you have. Now, if someone, sometimes we get a little lazy and we're starting to slack. That's a different story. And that's a conversation between two adults. But you told me how much time you can commit. So I designed a program to use what you can give and to do very well with. You're still making progress. Yeah. Now, is it perfect? Is it ideal? I don't care. Those things are unrealistic expectations. Now, if you won the lottery and had 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the next 20 years free, all right, it might look different. You know, maybe your program would be a little different. If you've got a live-in chef doing all your food for you, you've got a massage that lives downstairs, you get three a day. Like, those things could make the program look different. But it doesn't matter because they're not going to happen yet. You know, maybe you'll get there. I don't know. But we work with what we have. We use what you give me in terms of time. I design something that allows you to get done what you want. It works towards your goals. They're not my goals. They're your goals. You tell me what you want. You're my boss. 
I just get to tell you what to do in, in the midst of it. Absolutely. If you have a coach who doesn't work like that, get a different one. Yeah. Call me, call somebody. I don't know. But the person who needs help, they need their help. Right? Like you don't have my goals. I don't want you to do what I want. You tell me what you want. And then I help you get there. I use my experience and expertise to get you to your goals. Exactly. And you're hitting on a point. So in the years that we've worked together, I've learned a ton from you. And the biggest thing that I learned that just really was just eye-opening is one of the biggest blocks that people have to getting active, getting fit. And what they say is, I just have to find the best plan. I have to find the plan that's going to maximize my time because I'm busy and I want to make sure that what I'm doing is getting the best bang for my time buck. So I'm going to wait until I find it. And dude, what you said about this just blew my mind when we did this interview. Uh, We did an interview for this podcast, I think about three years ago in Nashville. I think so. Yeah. And it was tremendous. So good that I put it in the book. So if you guys have read (laughs) RxU, the fitness section, Luke is in that as well, because he's been so instrumental in helping me to gain so much clarity and practicality with physical fitness as a full-time pharmacist. But I really want to drive this point home because it's so essential. And the point that you made and told me is, Adam, it's not about which plan works well, but how well you work the plan. Can you just dive into that? Because that's just... (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a a couple pieces to that. It's it's one of the... It's like kind of simple, but kind of profound, but it can get a little complicated when you peel it back. If I got you to believe in a garbage plan, like say it's not very good, not not bad, like I'm not going to hurt you, but it's just not real good. I just kind of threw it together. Not optimal. It's not optimal. It, it's just, it just is. It's okay. But you believed in it and you did it consistently and you put in effort and you worked hard at it. You're going to make progress. Like you're going to make solid progress. It doesn't have to be rocket science to work. Like it's not, there's no like zero, right? Even a little bit of progress over time is, adds up to a lot. Let's say I sat down and got a protractor and a calculator and got some algebra going and I made the best plan in the world. Like it's the best program ever written in the history of the universe. And I gave it to you, but it asked for things you couldn't give. It was six days a week, three sessions a day, 15 hours of sleep a day. It's not going to happen. It's garbage because it's not realistic. It's not going to work because it won't work for you. There isn't a perfect plan for one reason, because of that, because it doesn't necessarily match up to what you can give to it. And also because the perfect plan is going to change. How different does your workout last week look from six years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, was six years ago crap? Was it a garbage plan? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, well, (laughs) but there is a process of two things. One, I'm learned, I know a lot more than I did six years ago. So I'm, I'm confident to say that my programming is getting better. I've also gained knowledge of how you respond to programming. So it's getting better for you specifically, right? And that's not because I'm smarter. I just know more about how you respond. I've learned what you do and how you react and things like that. Oh, I'm going to highlight that real quick. So yeah, this, yeah. guys, this is huge. Luke, you are growing and at the same time, so you're investing in yourself, your knowledge, you're, you're growing so that one, today you're better than yesterday and tomorrow you're going to be better today. So you're growing and you're also growing the relationship with your clients, understanding them, knowing them, their tendencies, their preferences, where they struggle, where they need more attention. So both right. of those have to be happening to have a good coach. The coach has to be growing and they have to be growing their understanding with you. I just wanted to highlight that because that's such yes. a golden nugget. Yes. The other part of it is, I like sports analogies because that's my brain. The goalpost moves. Your goals have also changed over time, up and down. Sometimes we're bodybuilding. Sometimes we are on a little bit more of a minimal time investment, but still want to make progress. So 
the perfect program three years ago wouldn't even work because now we have a totally different schedule. Your, your goals have also changed, right? So it's still you, it's still me. But when you tell me, hey, I want to focus on this, well, now my perfect program is kind of garbage, yes. right? So you are changing, I'm changing, your goals are changing. So the programming has to be fluid in terms of finding what works, what works. There isn't a best because it's all, it, I can't find it because it's different day to day, almost. So we have to find what will work for you consistently. And that's how we make progress. I'm pretty sure we've made some solid progress in six years. Oh, heck yeah. And I mean, just looking at competition photos on stage from when I first started to the two shows I did a couple years ago, you, it's clear as day. I mean, body doesn't lie, right? But uh, <laughs> I, I want to point this out too, because you have this slogan. So guys, he does training through wherever you are in the world. He can do training online, but he sends you workout templates with links to videos explaining them. Because I told Luke up front, like, Dude, I'm real type A. I need to know intricacies of movement, so my mind-muscle connection and all that. But at the top of every one of your workout routines you send, you have a slogan. Consistent effort beats wishful thinking. <laughs> it's so essential. And that always just reminds me, like, you got you to gotta stay consistent. Like, if you want the best plan, if you want a plan that will have you in the gym four hours, but you realistically can't do that, that's wishful thinking. But if you have a plan that's 20 minutes, three times a week, because that's what you can realistically do because you're a pharmacist and you have a family and you've got a wife and your kids are going to college or whatever it might be, consistent effort on that 20 minutes, three times a week will beat wishful thinking like, oh, I wish I could work out four hours twice a day like Arnold did back in the day. <laughs> so that's something to keep in mind and such a huge point I wanted to hone with. If you're a pharmacist like me, you know that one of the most accurate synonyms for pharmacy is stress. And if you're a pharmacist or a pharmacy student feeling like you're stretched to your limit, like you barely have any time to get workouts in, to eat healthy, or even consider mastering your mindset, you're not alone. And I found this to be one of the biggest problems leading to stress, anxiety, and the road to being burned out. That's why I wrote this book. RxU, the Pharmacist Survival Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. This practical guide was written by me, a pharmacist, to give you realistic strategies to master your mindset in managing stress, practically fitting in a fitness routine that works for you, and nail your nutrition in a way that makes sense for your lifestyle. If you want a copy, it's available on Amazon and Kindle. Make sure to click the link in the show notes to get yours today. So I'm going to make this real relevant because, again, we're in uh, August, not September, October, whatever I said. <laughs> we're in August, so we're like still deep in COVID. S places are shut down. Gyms are still closed, limited access, all that stuff. So here's the thing that you've faced with a lot of clients, and I respect this because you were proactive, and right when it started, you reached out to me. But what I'm going to say is this. Well, guys, what you're talking about sounds good, but it sounds like I need to be in a gym. And first of all, I don't want to be in a gym. And if I did want to be in a gym, I wouldn't be able to get in one anyway. So what the heck do I do? Well, again, what is your goal? You want to be the world's best bench presser? We're going to need to find some way to get you under a weight and bench press. But that's probably not a lot of goals out there right now. Do we want to get in better shape, better fitness? Do we want the mental stress-related benefits of exercise? Okay, if that's our goal, we've opened up a much broader realm here of what exercise means. You have, let's, you know, let's kind of stay with that 30 minutes, three times a week. You don't like the gym? Don't go to the gym. You love the gym, but you can't find one? All right, let's get a little creative and make our own, right? You got a garage, you got six by eight square feet in the backyard. We can do things to get you in shape without necessarily needing a thousand square feet of equipment. People have been doing it for a long time. People do it deployed. They get a little creative. You got concrete, you got sand in a bag, you got a kettlebell. Good luck finding one right now. But if you already got one, you know, I like, I'm not trying to pretend that things aren't harder, but they are not impossible. 
Yes. You got the ground, but you could probably find the ground somewhere, right? All right, we got squats, we got lunges, we got push-ups. There's stuff you can do. Now we need to get a little creative so there's some balance. Like if you only have the ground, pull-ups are hard. <laughs> you can't do pull-ups, pull-ups are hard. You got a table, I can show you how to do an inverted row underneath a table. You might have a table, you might have a railing. We could probably find you some bands somewhere. Like there are ways to get stuff done, even if you don't have your preferred optimal situation. I'll tell you right now, I am not in my preferred optimal situation. There's some stuff going on. So I get that it's harder, 100%. There's no one's going to say, ah, you're whining. Like stuff is hard right now. Well, it, it is. But there are ways to get something done that can improve the quality and length of your life. Absolutely. We can find a way. Talk. I've gotten real creative. I had somebody, I worked with someone with one leg. All right, we did squats. Figure that one out because I had to. She needed to be strong enough to walk on her prosthetic because she struggled. Okay, like, I'm going to get creative. And so we did. There are ways to get stuff done if you want to. But there are also really easy ways to say, eh, it's just harder. I don't want to. Going to pharmacy school, I haven't been. It sounds hard, right? You're already a person that isn't afraid of hard work. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gone to pharmacy school. You want to become, you don't go into the health field, healthcare field, if you're afraid of hard work. You're just not going to go. Do something easier. Yeah. You need to apply that to this situation, right? I don't have time to study. <laughs> you probably found it. I guarantee you found some to get it done. Otherwise, you wouldn't have made it through or you're, you know, you just have a photographic memory. I don't know. But <laughs> like, there's no way you can do what you're doing if you can't find a way. We just have to find a way here. You get some bands. You, get, you go to Vaughn's and get a bag of salt that they sell for uh, water softeners. Like, you can get a way to do it. You want to walk? We got ground. We can walk. It rains where you are. All right, let's do some lunges in your living room. I follow a lot of lifters, like high-level lifters. And with the COVID thing getting crazy, I have seen world champions put a squat rack next to the fridge and get it done. Like there are ways to get it done if you want to. And if you're not sure how, there are a lot of people out there trying to help you. Jump on YouTube, home workouts, body weight only workouts, sandbags, kettlebells, bands. I will help you. Hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll help you. Other people are trying to help you because we realize people aren't always sure what to do and what's best. And best is kind of a moving target. What's good? What's a good thing to do? We can find a way to get you there. Absolutely, man. And what you just said is the, the name of the game is skill transfer. And I do this with a lot of my clients who feel stuck that they've never done this before. They feel overwhelmed. Like, okay, well, what have you done before? What have you succeeded? Let's look at those concepts. And do you agree that you've succeeded in this area because you graduated? Because I'm not going to say like, oh, It'll all be good. You'll be fine. No, no, no. I'm going to look for actual <laughs> evidence that you prove to yourself. Then we're going to take that concept and transfer it, that skill you have already proven through your outcomes and transfer that to this because you've already proven you can do that through that concept. We're just going to transfer that skill over here. And yeah, innovation is the name of the game. I mean, through COVID, uh, I created a uh, Wednesday push-up challenge, Navy SEAL push-ups in my living room. I turned my kitchen into a squat platform. I, I was so lucky that I was, I walked into Walmart a few months back the day they had delivery day and they just Oof. put out a pull-up bar for a door frame. 18 bucks saved my lap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's getting innovative. But what you said leads to another thing. You said you can find a way if you want to. And this is another big barrier that people face. And I'm going to go back into character real quick. So Luke, I have a problem. I get real excited about working out. I get pumped up. Or even with the COVID thing, I got innovative and I did workouts in my home. I was fired up for a day or two, maybe <laughs> even a week. My problem 
is I lose motivation after a week or two, then I fall back into old habits and excuses. How do I break that and stay motivated? I think this is another one that can kind of be chunked up into different pieces. First, I know for a fact your motivation will wane and will be fleeting at times. The world is crazy. We've got fire tornadoes and murder hornets. Like, the, <laughs> get the bingo card out of like crazy stuff that's going to happen. It's coming. Seems like it. So I get that it's it's distracting. It's weird. It's crazy. If you have the motivation, which to get started, do not rely on that to last you six months. Yes. Because it won't. It's not gonna. It won't work. All right. Know that upfront. If you have the motivation to go to pharmacy school and you get rolling and you get your books that are probably this big and I would probably know three words in them and you open up that book to page one, is it going to be pure motivation that carries you through the end of the semester? You're never once going to say, I'm not feeling like it. I don't want to study today. You probably thought that at least once. And then you said, you know what? I just got it. I need to study. It doesn't matter if I feel like studying. I still got a test coming up. This is the same thing. Use the motivation to springboard you into habits. Yes. Right? I feel motivated to start working out. Luke is such a good speaker. I'm going to hit the gym. <laughs> yes. I'm not good enough of a speaker to carry you through the end of 2020, right? Like I'm not getting you to New Year's and then you get motivated for two weeks and, and that's not, it's not going to work like that. Why does everyone start in New Year's and they're done by February? Because motivation wears it down. You have to use the motivation to create a platform that will carry you beyond the days where you feel like it. So create habits. I, I had someone who really struggled with this. They would get so gung-ho and they would try to become a Navy SEAL in two days and then get so sore that they couldn't move. I'm like, maybe don't do a thousand push-ups on day one. <laughs> yes. Try 10. You know, like, let's take little chunks. When you start pharmacy school, you don't go, give me the finals today. I want all the finals. Give me my state boards. Let's go. I don't want them when they come. <laughs> right? You don't even want them at all. Like, yeah. Don't try to do everything at once. Build the habits first. So I took this individual, and this was a distance client. I couldn't see him every day to help with the motivation side. You know, sometimes that helps. Accountability is huge. It's really, really helpful. But if you don't have some, we can talk about how to find ways to create it. But what I did was listen. Three days a week, you go to the gym. I don't care if you drive to the parking lot, walk in the front door, do a little U-turn, get back in your car and go home. That's a win. For the first week, you drive to the gym and go in the front door and then go home. I don't care. Build the habit of driving to the gym, walking in the front door. Come on. Then You're going to feel so stupid walking back to the car. You'll just stay for at least a couple minutes. Yeah. Right. Like you just like this is silly. If you build the habit, if you create your day around that and start building some habits, you're gonna go to the gym even on a day you don't really feel like it, because they're gonna come. Motivation will not get you to the end. It's gonna wear down a little bit at some point. So find ways to use the motivation to help you set up a schedule. All right. I'm motivated. But I realize that sometimes I struggle with continuing with this. So I'm not going to follow David Goggins' workout routine, right? <laughs> That's a whole other do, podcast. Right? This dude, I love him. Yeah. I'm not going to set the world record for pull-ups on day two. Like, okay. I'm going to get a little bit of work done on Monday. I'm going to try to eat good on Tuesday. And I'm going to get back in the gym and try and do this much more than I did. Not all of it, just this much more. And I'm going to create a habit where whatever my schedule allows, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. I don't have to go crazy. I probably should not go crazy. But I'm going to create some habits 
And that way, when, when, not if, when my motivation starts to wear a little thin, I'm still going to go. But I'm not going to rely on it to carry me forever because I guarantee you a day will come where you don't feel like going. Absolutely. And I think you pointed that out really well. And this actually leads to the ultimate question because people start working out, they get into a fitness routine and maybe they have a good run for a couple of years and then life happens or they get married or have kids or whatever, but you've been pushing through a lot. So my question is what motivates you and how have you come to a place to make that your priority into so much that it's now a career of helping others to create that for themselves? Right now, things are a little complicated and you know, I don't want to get you don't necessarily need to get too crazy into it, but it's really challenging just to get up in the morning. Like there's some stuff going on, yeah. but I know, and I, I'm married and I have a kid. I am a better husband and a better father when I'm getting my fitness stuff in. I, I can see my ability to remain patient in trying times is better. So even if I stopped powerlifting, let's say, I, you know, I just, I just didn't want to do that anymore. I'm not going to stop working out in some form because I'm a better, I'm a better human being when I'm consistently doing that. I handle stress better. I put, you know, sleep better. The list, you want to see something crazy, go to Google and say benefits of exercise. It's like everything, mental, physical. There's so many benefits. It's insane. So you need to. Like if you don't exercise in some fashion, start because you need to. But I know for me, I do better as a human and take care of my family better when I work out. I've had some periods where I, like I, I, it can get tough. Like I've been on the road doing health stuff with my family and it's very challenging. I only got a couple little things in here and there and I could feel it. I wasn't as patient. And I need it to be. I'm in a situation where I need to be, right? So that part of it, that's a different kind of motivation for me. That's a different kind of, like, that. that's kind of been building recently because of how crazy things have gotten. But beyond that, even before that, I love it. I enjoy it. You're doing things you love. Yeah. You're, not, you're not doing yoga because you don't like it. You like right. what you're doing, and that's now, what fuels you. Now I do little bits and pieces of the stuff that isn't my favorite, but I need, I'm, I'm hopefully smart enough to know that I need to do some things I don't enjoy too, like enjoy a lot, but I also don't do stuff I hate. Right. And this is, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't do clog dancing for fitness, right? Like I'm sure some people love it. So <laughs> do it, clog your face off. I don't care. That do you want to you want to get a workout in? Go dancing. Like I moved to Texas. You want to go? You want to see some people sweating and breathing hard, carrying towels and extra shirts? Like this is a real thing. People are working hard. If you like that, make that your thing. Dance your face off. Lift your face off. Run mountains. Your if you find something you like, utilize that to get you the health and mental benefits that exercise can do. You don't have to do what I do. You don't have to do what Adam does. Now I have a particular affinity for the thing I do because I like it and I like the benefits and I could make arguments that you should do some of it. Like we can make that distinction, but find stuff you like, probably supplement it with some stuff that isn't your favorite. Like that's fair. You know, I do. I don't like doing some of that stuff, but I do. I try to make those things less unenjoyable. There you go. Right. So I got a recumbent bicycle so that I could get some cardio while I did something I did like, like some Netflix or something silly. There are ways to get what you need and also do what you like, at least to some extent, right? You got to play with the levels on the stereo a little bit. I need a little more of this. I need a little more of that. And, and so that's, that's valid. But my motivation is I love it. I fell in love with the process. I, I posted recently that I'm not very good at powerlifting and that's okay because I'm better than I used to be. Even as I'm getting older, I'm going to keep getting better than I used to be. 
And eventually one day, I'm not going to keep getting better in an absolute sense, but I'm going to keep trying to. I'm going to keep trying to. And that is going to give me a lot of health and mental benefits, help me be a better husband and father for you're going to have to bury me next to my squat rack. Like it's going to be, that's the way it is. I'm sorry. And, and that because I love it that much. So finding motivation isn't the right word because there are days where I don't feel like going. Yes. There are. Even though I, I mean, I just rambled about how much I love it and how beneficial it is, but that still means there are days like, man, I don't feel like going. Yeah. I should gravel for four hours on Thursday. I didn't really feel like lifting on Friday, but I felt better after I did. I had a surprisingly decent workout. It wasn't as beat up as I thought I might be. I did it on that day, even though I didn't feel like it because that was my pattern. That was my schedule. That was how I organize my day. Right. So if you are a morning person, and the end of the day gets crazy because you got kids and work and eh, do it in the morning. If you're not a morning person, do not follow someone who gets up at three to lift. Do it when you will do it. There it is. Don't do it when I do it. Do it when you will and you will do your best and be the most consistent. There it is. That's it. You want to dance? Dance. You want to clog? I don't get it, but go for it. <laughs> you want to lift weights? Let's go. Come to my garage. But find some ways that you get what you need. Maybe sneak in a sprinkle of stuff that you need that you're not a big fan of. But get the stuff you need and get it done because it's so worth it. Yep, definitely is. It's worth it. You want to make a deal with me? Give me 30 minutes a day, three days a week. And I'll give you five years on the end of your life. Now, I can't make that deal because there are, I'm not a wizard or something. Like, I can't make that deal, but that's the deal. Maybe 10. Maybe only two, but the last 15 are way better than they would have been. Yep, exactly. Right? Like, if you look at it like that, I'm going to trade you time for something. And this something is pretty darn solid. It's an investment. We probably all make that deal. Now we can't see the future like that. So it's not, it's not so cut and dry, but that's really what we're doing. Exactly, man. And like you said, in the coming back to the beginning of this podcast is it's a tool to get you to your goal. So those of you listening, we're about to enter into literally the most stressful time our profession has ever seen. COVID's you know, building up flu season. It's going to be absolutely insane as far as stress, anxiety. So if you want to be able to handle that, again, not accepting abuse, but if you want to be able to handle the stress and not freak out and have all these sort of things and really be able to show up as your best self and deflect those emotions and be able to handle them and respond to them in a healthy way, fitness is a tool that can definitely help you with that. And at the very least, maybe you're one of the people that work out after work. You have a stressful day. That could be the thing that carries you through. You're in the middle of a super stressful day. And you think to yourself, you know what? This isn't fun right now. This isn't my best day, but I have the gym to look forward to, or I have a walk in the park to look forward to. So all I have to do is keep it together for an hour more, two hours more, and then I'll be free and I can do what I want. And I know that will help me feel centered. I'll be able to get my fitness in and it'll be able to relieve my stress. So that could be the thing that carries you through. It could also be the thing that makes you feel empowered. So maybe you're having a rough day at the pharmacy. Maybe you're having a rough day in class. You, didn't, you got grades back and you didn't do as well as you thought. If you worked out in the morning, you can be like, well, I didn't get what I wanted in this, but I did get my workout in and that's a win. And that can be all it takes to shift your mindset and carry you through that day until you get to the next one. That's why fitness is so essential because it fuels your passion. And when you allow it to be a tool, you can use it to lift yourself up to dispense your full potential. So Luke, this was a blast. Uh, I got fired up. I was kind of upset <laughs> that I actually already got my workout in because now I want to go work out again. <laughs> but anyway, um, guys, if you want to interact with Luke, I highly recommend it. 
especially if you're looking for training, someone that actually understands the life of a pharmacist. He's been the fit pharmacist trainer for six years, so he gets it. Uh, and I, again, it, it shows a lot that I've been with you that long. I love it. I, I look forward to the changes. And just like you said, the things you like, but the things you don't like. And in the beginning, it's like, ah, but then afterwards, it's like, ah, because the things you don't like will allow you to progress and fuel progress and success in the things you do like. Again, it's a tool. So Luke, where are you most active on social media and how can people connect with you if they want to learn more about your coaching? To reach out to me is just Luke Probst at thediadoc.com. That's that's my business email. Uh, if you want to see silly lifting that I do and my daughter sneaking into the garage gym, she's she's in there most days. Like yeah, yeah. I get being busy. Like she's you'll see her sometimes being the weight that I use. Um, my Instagram is Luke Probst underscore PST. So you can DM me through there if you want to, or just email me, or you can just see kind of what I do, how I, how I incorporate fitness with my daughter. That's another big part of it. I'm lucky in the sense that I built a garage gym a long time ago before all this, because I needed to be closer to my family. And so she's in there and, and hopefully she gets my passion and love for it. And then she loves fitness too. That's a, that's a big piece for me as a father. So you can, you know, you can laugh at the silly stuff she does in there, the silly stuff I do in there, but those are probably the two best ways to reach out. Awesome, man. Yeah. I love it. I, when you were saying that, I remembered you were, I think benching or squatting something ridiculous, like 500 pounds or something. And you're like face, your, your face is ready to explode. And then your dog comes over and starts licking your oh. leg. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what the? <laughs> I love it, man. But yeah, it, it's cool because that's such an integral thing that you do and sharing that love and the progress and the benefits with your family and uh, walking them through that process. So it's, it's really phenomenal. Guys, I'll have all of those links in the show notes below. FYI, it's Luke Probst, P-R-O-P-S-T. But again, those will be in the show notes below. You guys definitely want to reach out, at least just say like, hey, man, I appreciate your tips. Let him know if any of these help you. As always, please be sure to leave a, if you got anything from this podcast, guys, the best thing that you can do to compliment this podcast and show your appreciation, if you got just one nugget of knowledge out of this, if you're on iTunes, go and leave a five-star rating and review. Hands down, best compliment, best pay it forward, pay it back, whatever you want to call it for the content to keep this podcast going. Guys, this has been an absolute blast. Master Luke, thank you for being here. <laughs> I like you, but I also, I'm like, oh, what's he going to put me through next? So it's like a love-hate thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I respect it 100%. And yeah, it's been an awesome journey, man. So I can't wait to keep it going. Guys, Dr. Adam Martin of the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast signing off with the Luke Probst. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. 